All right, dude. Hey, uh, I just figured out that my my new thing that I hate the most is dealing with my internet. Internet, Ugh. buddy. That I think I told you before. They are they. It was a while ago, but over five years ago. But it it, it was news when they surpassed the airline industry as least most hated industry by consumers. Mm, mm. Yeah, Boy, I tell you, I I. Um, you know, when we ordered the our internet here at the house, it, it took them, you know, two and a half weeks to come out to do this whole thing, which How? to me is outrageous. It is outrageous. <clears throat> and then uh, I started, I, you know, of course, we were having problems with the internet connection last week. And then you and I discovered it was my download speed. And so I I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take care of this. I, I call the internet company. I'm telling them, here's the deal. You know, I'm a new customer and, and the woman has it's a tech support. I go, I go to, we've got this modem tower and it's got this green light on there. And then she tells me to do a couple of things to it and it totally ruins it. And I, I, I spent two, almost two hours on the phone with this person standing there looking at this stupid modem you know, green light means that everything's good, of course. Well, you know, it's turning blue, it's turning orange, it's turning red. It's never going to turn freaking green. And I'm just like, turn green, doggone it. And I was was a mess. I was like frothing. Come on. And then then at the end of all of this, she says, I'm going to have to send a tech out there and uh, he's going to show up. you know, uh, next year sometime, it seemed yeah. like that's what you yeah. call it. It was a week out. And I'm like, I cannot even believe that's this. That's unacceptable. Totally. It is. And, that, and the worst part you was- You gotta work, tell, man. And not only that, but, it, you know, now I I have migrated off a of cable and I'm I'm using my fire stick and everything, which Good. is another huge savings, by the way. Oh, sure it is. It's and huge. And, and uh, but now everything's shut down and I'm, I'm completely out. And I tell Anne-Marie about it. Boy, she was upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's, I didn't break it. They made me break it. And anyhow, so we went through that. I finally, I, I, I called back at the end of the day. I'm like, look, this is, it was after I got your text, the unacceptable, this is unacceptable. I'm like, yeah, this is it totally is. Well, you and know, I what the back problem- up. Go ahead. Oh, the problem with the industry is, and I don't know why this is, but they're near monopolies. They have so little competition. Why is that? I don't know. It, it something's got to change here because we rely on this too too much. Yes. It's almost like oxygen. Oh, well, your oxygen is. got shut up. Oh, we'll be out next week. We'll be dead by then. Uh, right. you know, so so I I I called back. I'm like I'm gonna talk to a supervisor or somebody. Somebody's gonna hear me because we can't do this. Right. And I, I ended up in back in tech support again. And I got this person. And I said, look, I I need I need somebody to help. She said, let me look at it. 10 minutes later it was working and i'm like oh my god couldn't the other person oh. do this oh that anyhow it so makes me blood boil doesn't it it does and so the download speed never changed yeah. um i uh i got a tech coming out on monday now to check that whole thing out but uh, i was just happy to get the internet back it was like oh i can breathe again yeah, we, well, we, we depend on this way too much this is ridiculous well you know it's like uh if russia and china really do succeed with their little space race there and they ha- gain the power to take out our, our grid our internet even yes. electricity maybe yeah yeah uh it 
we're screwed. We we're, are. We are screwed. <clears throat> and we can't take it. I mean, I know I can't. Let take away my internet and I'm freaking out, let alone take away my electricity. Jeez. Right. Right. So I think that we're these kind of things should be coming to the forefront of our minds, that kind of susceptibility as we're in the precarious situation that we are now, where uh, on the one hand, we're looking at dealing with the thoughts of a a possible nuclear war, like we haven't since the seventies. And isn't that something that kind of fear and impossible reality that that Putin, man, he's tossing his, um, his representative of some sort they're tossing that word around a little loosely these days they are they really are oh, and um, I, it, it is um that that should be the word that you know any any nuclear power that's the other n-word <laughs> yeah yeah exactly oh. it's like this is a never to be used word unless you really mean that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna sh- you're going to shoot, you know, no. uh, you don't mess around with, with threats, uh, like that, but, uh, that's the deal is that when you get into a confrontation with a, a place like Russia, that they have nukes and what, what are we going to do? Go head to head against Russia. This is what the whole cold, cold war was about right. is that, Hey, these are two nuclear powers. And, uh, what is it? Um, assured, uh um, so assured destruction yeah mutual, assured, assured, mutual, assured mutual destruction yeah. yeah this is like well we don't want that they have they have you know uh thousands of nukes we have thousands of nukes mm-hmm. we can destroy the world several times over mm-hmm. why why would we want to do this here's um well Russian- someone said that putin is in such a place of desperation and you know they have a completely different by the way i just watched, listened to a really terrific Jordan Peterson podcast where he had, don't see his name in front of me, but had an expert, expert uh, scholar, historian on Russia and the whole uh, thing on that. And he gave the uh, insight into the perspective over there. And they have a very different perspective, but with Putin in particular, that, you know, he kind of feels like I'm probably going to die. Why not take everyone out with me at this point? This is the scary thing about these totalitarian yes. states is yes. because you've got one person. I, I saw a really weird picture of Putin sitting at his uh, conference table and he would, it's a big, long, old conference table, a la Donald Trump kind of thing, you know, uh, but his cabinet was like, <clears throat> the, the, the table's like 50 yards long, right? He's He's sitting at the head of the table and his cabinet is like, 45 yards down there like they can't they're not worthy enough to be around Putin and you start to think about a guy that's had this much power for decades now it's like 20 years um and he's made himself the the king um and there's no competition there for him he's sort of in a silo that can't be good for mental health no you know know, I had a thought and it is piggybacking on what you just said right there what if we or the EU or somebody announced that they're putting a hundred million dollar bounty on his head? He's so siloed it now, it could be disastrous. It could trigger a nuclear, but he would start getting so paranoid about his cabinet, his best friend, uh, everybody, that maybe it would shake this whole thing up. But 
On the other hand, maybe it would trigger that new, his, his trigger finger. Sometimes I think about this as sort of a hostage kind of a situation, right? Like this guy has the world hostage. He's holding a gun to the world's head. And yeah. so now you got the, the police or the, the FBI comes. The last thing they'd want to do is come in and say, hey, we're coming in guns blazing because yeah. the guy's going to do something crazy. His back's yeah. up against the wall right now. And I see it in a very similar situation. We got to we got to talk this guy down because uh, he does have nukes and there's no approval process that he's going to have to go through to, to use this. There's no checks yeah. and balances. It's just him. And you figure it seemed to me that he started talking about nukes way early in this whole confrontation. I mean, scary. It, 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 it's, there's no there's no real threat to him uh, to, to that that's going on right now. But he knows that the Western powers are aligning together. He knows the nuclear capabilities of the Western powers, and he immediately comes out and puts his nuclear apparatus on high alert. Right. Um, this is this is a pretty serious thing right here. And then when you take a look at our president, he's he seems to have like only one mode, which is anger, that that seems to be remotely working for him yeah. and that's not the tone of diplomacy and so i'm it is concerning i got a, an article here russian foreign minister warns world war three will be nuclear that sergey right, right. lavrov is talking about that and he says the, the third world war will be nuclear and destructive yeah, um yeah. why why I mean, whatever happened to assured mutual destruction? Why would we want to? What? What? Who can win in a situation like that? Nobody. Right. right. No. I agree awful. with what you're saying. Is that it? It seems like uh, we're we're um, this. We're not dealing with a person with a full deck here, and we. And I'm hearing it out of the media. Several people, Condi Rice actually, uh, was talking about how. She's met with Putin several times throughout her career, and she's saying he looks like a different person right now. He's not talking the same. He's not acting the same. <clears throat> yeah, I think so, uh, and I've heard paranoia. that more than once. Yeah, yeah. yeah paranoia right? has taken over, uh, but he has created a lot of illegal atrocities, and he's he's got to he's got to be handled. He's got to be taken care of. I mean, permanently. Well, and we've got a 1984 thing that's happening here. There's a um, there's a, a Russian television station called RT. Have have you heard of them? Yes, uh, just like yesterday. And geez, did you send me that? I or did I read an article? Somebody said that they uh, did a whole lot of research, listening to this the propaganda. And uh, said that, boy, it's a whole different perspective, whole different. I've got a CNN article here uh, that's talking about this. This is uh, Oliver Darcy with CNN Business, who's talking about exactly what you're talking about. I think and that's he, what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, he spent the whole day watching RT. Now, now yeah. here in the U.S., we're, we're banning RT. Many of the Western powers are banning RT now. This has been on very popular um, media outlets like Roku. They're, they're banning RT. Uh, but it is uh, Russia's, Putin's propaganda machine. And the, the view that, uh, that they're portraying 
as their liberators to the Ukrainians yes. and yes. That, uh, that that the people are oppressed by the neo-Nazi Ukrainian government and yes. we're freeing them. And, you know, uh, I even read a report where a soldier, a Russian soldier who was killed recently in, in this battle had um, they found his phone and on his phone, it said, you know, mama, I, I, this is not what I expected it to be. Uh, we were told that uh, the people would be happy to see us as liberators. It's right. not that at all. We're dropping bombs like crazy. We're killing civilians. And he ended up getting killed. Uh, but yeah, they, the, the Russian people are getting an earful regarding how the Ukrainian government and the Western powers are the aggressors who are trying to wage war against Russia and specifically against him. And it's really interesting to see the um, the 1984 type of propaganda yeah. that's coming out. And here's the other thing, Barry, that I think about is <clears throat> we here in the United States are not allergic to propaganda ourselves. Right. And so when you yeah. start to take a look at these articles and you know this is a cnn article um th these guys are the propaganda machine of yeah, of yeah. the left here in in our country so where's the are we getting are we getting the real story very true now i'm gonna reference this again that jordan peterson podcast i just uh, looked it up here it's uh called russia ukraine and the west and the man's name is frederick kagan and it's on the latest uh, Jordan Peterson podcast. And uh, what he said about that is you know, cyber warfare, uh, that uh, Russia is a very big proponent of cyber warfare. What they, the end goal is, man, am I really summarizing this really? So forgive me for that. I highly recommend the podcast. It just came out. I just listened to it last night and it's terrific, very insightful. So they put out enough misinformation like that, like, okay, you just said, so now we don't know what to believe. I totally feel like that too. And the, that's the intention. So they got all that of these is. Russian bot farms that are just pushing out tons and tons of misinformation on the social media and YouTube and stuff. And, but the idea is, so whether you're a Ukrainian a Russian or in the United States, a Westerner, you don't know what to believe, so you can't get unified and, uh, and get behind being against Russia or something. You know, it has a, it has a paralyzing effect is what it does. So it's very this, It is. It's psychological warfare, which is happening right here. And right. It's, a, it's a very powerful weapon. And the Russians have been working on perfecting that for a very long time and using technology. We talked about this on our last show. Uh, they've they've really gotten good at it. Here's the New York Post. Um, they are saying that Russia declares cyber war on the U.S. So this is the New York Post. Again, you have to take all of these with a grain of salt, whether it's coming from right-leaning or left-leaning media. Sure. But, uh, but somewhere in here is the truth. Uh, it says here, cyber war has been declared on the United States with Russia using preliminary but increasing steps in a campaign to cripple the nation's banking systems and Ooh. potentially other industries, according to uh, a new report. It goes 
on to talk about uh, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Citigroup, and Goldman Sachs are under constant cyber, cyber attacks from criminals, usually wow. located in Russia, Iran, and, or China. But those Ah, you froze up. Those attacks are intensifying after same invasion of Ukraine. Um, did you hear what I said, though? Yes, it came back and talked really fast and cut off. Yeah, that's funny how that works. Mm -hmm. um, so the bank executives, this this just came out uh, Thursday, March 3rd. That's today. All right. So this just came out today. Oh. Uh, so this is this is happening. You know, our whole business over at Black Ops Partners deals with this type of thing and puts a strategy together uh, to really organize the uh, uh, Fortune 1000s from the top down, from the from the bottom up to be able to react and turn on a dime to these types of attacks, uh, including cyber attacks or espionage or what have you. There's a lot of that stuff coming out here. But again, you know, this is uh, this is having a tremendous impact and cyber attacks is a is a weapon that we didn't really think about a few years ago. But now it's right. one of their their the one of their leading weapons that's being used. Yep. And um, it, it just causes all kinds of troubles. I don't want to interrupt you or throw you in a, a direction you don't want to go. But I do want to ask at some point whether you want to talk about it now or later. But uh, your thoughts on the State of the Union address, which I did not watch. I'm going to go back. I'm going to come back to that because I definitely have a, a, a take on that. But but what we're seeing here, let's just stay on Russia for a little bit longer, because, um, of course, over the since the last show, most of the news has been Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah. Uh, but we've heard about these devastating sanctions. And one thing that I always think of is, OK, I know that Russia has an alliance with China. China has has come and said that, hey, whatever sanctions are happening, we'll cover you on this. And they've made some moves regarding this. But I, I saw this report um, recently where it appears that these sanctions are completely crushing the society there in in russia let me just see if i I've can been find this here hearing that quite a bit too and it's again one of those things where i'm not sure what i'm supposed to believe could that be propaganda in an effort to i don't know boy, bolster support here against give hope uh to our cause or i don't know I I, I don't know either. Here's the article. This one uh, coming from CBS News. Uh, Russia's ruble worth less than one cent after West tightens the sanctions. Apparently, the ruble, you know, when you say one cent, does, what was it before that? Uh, the ruble fell about 30% against the dollar on Monday. So that's a pretty dramatic drop. And uh, what's what's happening here is it's causing runs on the bank. And uh, you've got lines of people coming out and trying to get their cash out and they, yeah. they can't get their cash out. Now, this might be an occasion that we might want to take a look at because of everything that's happening here. Uh, and maybe we need to have cash reserves ourselves and make sure yeah. that we're, we're taken care of because in the face of these uh, these cyber attacks, especially against our banking system, uh, we could end up in the same boat. But oh, the fact of the matter true. is, is that, you know, this is having an impact on the Russian people themselves. And it oh, yeah. seems I to feel really bad for them. Yeah, yeah. So they're being fed this whole load that um, the Dude, West is out to get them. They're going to be in breadlines again. 
and, and yes, they have been fed this crap about the West is out to get them. They, it's been their strategy for nearly the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so this is it. So is is Putin really hurt by this? Um, are the oligarchs that we say prop up Putin, are they really being hurt by this? The or propaganda just... says so. Yeah. Here's they... another one, Merle. About five days ago, when this really, you know, everything really hit the fan here. Um, and then uh, it was the first day of uh, hearing that Ukraine, Ukrainians were having some success in these battles against and demoralizing the Russian troops. You're getting that kind of spin. And I saw this one uh, headline that said, if, you, the, if the Ukraine can hang on for eight days, Russia will not be able to sustain itself economically. I read that too. And that, okay, well, eight days is gonna be a, come up in about a couple of days. And yep. so I just, that's what I mean. I don't know what to believe, you know? I don't believe that one at all. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, I saw that one and I was like, come on, you really believe that? Here's one I got. Uh, this one comes from the Washington Times and that's saying lack of fuel and food hinders Russian advance on Kiev, uh, the Pentagon says. Yes, yes. So, you know, here's the deal. The Pentagon saying that. Um, I want to trust the Pentagon when they say stuff, but we just saw what happened in Afghanistan. Yes. And the Pentagon said all this stuff about how the 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 uh, withdrawal was going to be this successful thing we left yes. billions of dollars of of high-tech equipment over there and lots of people got killed and we left a bunch of people behind it was a and now they're telling us that oh no this isn't a big deal because the ukrainians are fighting back and now the russians they don't have any fuel they just have these these convoys they've run out of fuel look how demoralized these troops are they're that supposed are, to be at a standstill those convoys 40 and, miles and of combo. That's what I heard. And I heard that the morale was low amongst the Russian troops. Yes, I heard and, that. And, and that they're mostly conscripted into the... Okay, but what, let's just think about this. When have we ever heard that morale was high in Russia amongst the citizens? Right. <laughs> no, no. Um, and here's another one. Um, don't they just conscript whoever they want to anyhow? Yeah. I mean, and, and when have we ever heard, boy, the Russian military morale is really high. Well, we never heard anything about that. So this is one of those things where I, I, everything I got to take with a grain of salt. Here's how I see it, Barry. Ukrainians are in trouble. I mean, they're in big trouble. And if they think this is going to be a short thing, no, Putin staged this whole thing for months before they actually went in. Do you think they're only going to stay for eight days and then leave with their tails between their legs? No, they planned this out. They know exactly what they're doing. Here's what's I going on that we know. Though, about. I kind of feel that maybe um, he didn't realize he got it more in over his head than he ever expected. Well, that's you know? been the line that we've been hearing. And I, right. I, 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 I want, I want to believe that too, but here's the thing is we, how often has the United States underestimated Putin? Mm. Uh, we, we've done, oh, Putin's done. We're done with that guy. Well, think about how Barack Obama and, and, and uh, uh, was Mitt Romney and Mitt Romney was saying, Russia is the greatest geopolitical enemy uh, and a threat to the whole world. And Obama says, oh, the 80s called. They want their foreign policy back. I mean, what a, that, that, Putin, that was Putin. And yeah. what an us, underestimation of what this guy can do. I mean, to your point, Barry, well, and, the guy is at the end to, of his career. He wants to make a name for himself. Oh, agreed. And I uh, just want to say, too, and Obama was always overestimated. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I agree, you know, and, and he, he think about what was happening under Obama's watch is that the Ukraine was invaded by Russia in 2014, yeah. and they were able to take over uh, several key areas on the eastern flank of uh, Ukraine, and they never left. And the first thing that that Putin did last week was declare that those areas were now uh, re republics within the Ukraine and that they were coming in to liberate those people. But this has been an eight-year war. They took Crimea from the Ukraine. They took those areas in Donbass from Ukraine. And that, so this is a, a strategy that's been evolving for many years. To think that they're going to leave in just a couple of days seems to be... Um, uh, 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 very, very optimistic without yes. any real proof to me. No, I, I, so I think this, that if they're stalled out because of fuel, somehow, some way, they're going to get fuel over there. And speaking of fuel, here's the thing. you know, We talk about all these sanctions that we're putting on, on these guys, but we are buying a tremendous amount of fuel from Russia even today. There's yes. no sanctions on that whatsoever. The whole, yeah. the whole uh, Eastern Bloc, I mean, I'm sorry, the whole uh, European Union is still purchasing fuel from Russia. And, and if we've cut off all of their supply, their supply line financially, but we're still providing that main source of financing, that means that we're potentially financing the war against the Ukraine while we're saying where they're, we are their friends. And one other thing I'll say is that we just, uh, we, the White House just sent to Congress this morning uh, a request for another $10 billion in military aid to the Ukraine. Already this year, we're over $1.3 billion of, of aid to Ukraine. So we're escalating, escalating, escalating in the midst of a huge um, financial crisis that's happening here in the United States, yeah. that can only mean more inflation for us. This thing's getting out of hand. Yeah, everything's out of hand. So uh, do you want to summarize that State of the Union? Yeah, so State of the Union, my one of my favorite things, so I know it sounds weird, but I love watching State of the Unions. <laughs> and um, I, it's, it's I watched some thing. clips on YouTube. Yeah, you know, so... Um, this was uh, an interesting one. I, I think there was a lot of 1984 stuff happening here, too, because you had uh, I was thinking about Biden before the State of the Union. And I'm thinking, well, this guy doesn't have a lot of good news to, to talk about. No, um, no. You know, what what accomplishments can he hang his hat on over the last year? And uh, as I watched the speech, I thought, hmm, OK, that's kind of, that's interesting strategy. I mean, he knows that Ukraine is a, uh, a uniter. Uh, one thing that we've seen since the invasion of Ukraine is that the West has, for the most part, at least up until now, uh, has, has, has united against a common enemy, which we really haven't seen happen for a very long time. So he spent a good part, probably about mm, a third of his speech, the first part of his speech, really talking about Ukraine. And I think that was a pretty good strategy for him oh, yeah. to do that. Oh, yeah. That's what I, 
I would have done if I were him as well. And then he, he, he pivoted after that to start talking about really the build back better kind of thing that he lost out on at the end of the year. But what they're going to try to do here is, and and he's really signaling this is they're going to try to chop up build back better into little smaller bills uh, to try to accomplish the same thing. He knows he's got the midterm election coming up in several months and that um, be, they've got to be able to hang their hat on Build Back Better on these programs that they have out there and say that they and, and allow uh, the people running for Congress to say that they won these big battles. But right now, they don't have anything to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um there was a lot of tough talk that was happening there. It seems like Joe Biden is at his best when he can, you know, act like he's very tough and angry about something. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, really, that was the, the the whole speech that I saw. But there were a few things that really jumped out to me, Barry. Uh, at one point, uh, Joe Biden makes a plea about let's fund the police, defund the police, fund the police. And I think a lot of people's heads exploded right there on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. I, uh, another thing I noticed is, uh, Nancy got some new fillers in her face for the, just for the occasion. See how big her cheeks were. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Take a look at that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do you got here? Hold on a second. about the, uh, the the fund, the police, uh, you know, I wonder how I wonder if there's ramifications to come yet uh, because he made that stance because he's he's appeased the left so much since he's gotten in there, the far left. Yes. And that had to what did that Talib have to say about that? You know, um, I missed part of her speech because I was trying to find it. And I think I came in about halfway through. So um she i i i didn't really get the the whole thing that she was saying i i missed a big part of that that was actually what i really wanted to see apparently there were two rebuttals and it's weird that it's a rebuttal from the democrat party she wasn't the only one that gave a a rebuttal uh from the democrat party but um, how divided the party is yeah it is very divided and it's that's the thing that's going to be interesting going into the midterm elections is how how this whole thing gets pulled off i had something that i wanted to show you that i just thought was really odd uh hold on just a second these are just things that that jumped out to me um uh oh wait let me stop sharing that for a second um let me turn on the the sound on this too. Uh, let's play this here. Oh yeah, I saw that. Nancy's so weird. <laughs> but what he was talking about, can you turn that up? Because it was so inappropriate. It, 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 it really was. Um... And what's with rubbing a fist together? I know it's just... he was talking about something like a really horrible thing let's see if it's in here um, it was I, I i saw an extended clip of that yeah 
Yeah, so this is, let's see, House Speaker Bazaar sort of stood up awkwardly. President spoke about the dangers American troops have faced breathing in toxic smoke from burn pits. That's what he was talking about. And then she stood oh, right, up and, right. and and she did all this really weird kind of thing here while he's he's talking about people dying and yeah. inhaling stuff. What what are you smiling about? What's what's <laughs> going giant on with your cheeks? weird lips yeah, like, yeah uh, she's she uh, definitely just got back from the cosmetic surgeon i mean here i i hate to just bag on her it's kind of fun actually but oh yeah she's like, constantly back there like doing some kind of weird thing with her mouth the entire time it was very distracting actually yeah she's a very odd person she is i've said before i just think the best most accurate adjective for her is just really immature I think she's so immature. A couple other things that came out, I think so too. A couple other things that came out uh, that I saw that were just, you know, thought just, you know, they deserve comment was uh, I was watching really before the, the speech happened and, you know, everyone's gathering and all. <clears throat> they had uh, dropped the mask mandate only a couple of days before the State of the Union, which lo and behold everything's great because we're given the state of the union I, that's another 1984 kind of thing going yeah. on right there yeah. and uh and then you had i was at the end you know where the president leaves the room and they're showing him and it's usually like a split screen they're commenting on the speech yeah. and and then there's joe biden leaving and talking to everybody i saw him put his face right into another woman's face and they touched foreheads and they talked for a second and i thought woman seemingly inappropriate could, thing to do maybe could could be a prayer maybe they were doing a prayer together. yeah it just seemed it just seemed odd in the face of you just dropped the whole mask thing and by the way that whole thing happened as a result of the cdc changing how they measure the yeah. the danger across the united states so uh last week 99 percent of the country was in danger but then by friday of last week after they changed it only like 19 percent of the country was in danger just ahead of the state of the union yeah. seems kind of odd to me yeah. well, I know. anyway um and then just this whole jovial atmosphere that was happening before the speech as well just how everybody just seemed calm and they're laughing and everything well we're potentially on the cusp of world war three we've got inflation going through the roof right now we've got a lot of things that are happening and it's very serious so i, I wasn't catching that tone before the you know the speech whatsoever to your point i've heard it described i don't remember by who but it seemed like several people uh referred to it as a lot of theater it was a lot of theater and yeah. you know i mean we just showed nancy pelosi doing that weird thing back there but one of the <laughs> thing that one of the things that really bothers me about the state of the union and it's yeah. not just a joe biden thing this happens with every president it's like every fifth word they say everyone stands up and oh no it's like oh, that's, that's why me? i can't dude right there that is why i can't watch it i i that is why i can't it's what such a waste of time and it's just so like I don't know, like you're Kiss kissing ass. my butt. Yeah, yes. exactly. I don't, I don't like that at all. Uh, and then you got you're the- not learning anything. That's when you know you got something so orchestrated and calculated. It's yeah. so, why watch it? It's, it's theater. theater. It's, totally it's theater. theater. You're, you're exactly right. And that's too bad. Um, I wouldn't say that the messaging that Joe Biden uh, portrayed in the State of the Union is going to improve his, uh, his, his, um, 
approval rating whatsoever. I think it's probably just going to stay exactly where it's been and probably yeah. decline. Usually the president gets a bump in his approval yeah. rating after the State of the Union. I did look at some polling. Uh, the first State of the Union by Barack Obama, the first State of the Union by um, by Trump, and compared that to the to Joe Biden's first State of the Union, both Obama and Trump uh, outpaced Joe Biden by a long shot in in the approval rating. So you got that as well. Um, you know, not not impressive, uh, but I don't think it was terrible either. Oh well, that, okay, that's more. Oh, positive. here's here's something interesting: is Joe Manchin. Uh, I don't know if you saw anything on this, but Joe Manchin sits with Republicans during the State of the Union. I did see that, yeah. And says, while this is what he said, uh, while Americans decry what is happening in Ukraine, the United States continues to allow the import of more than a half a million barrels per day of crude oil and other petroleum products from Russia during this time of war. And he sat next to Mitt Romney. So it's kind of like sitting with a Democrat. Yeah. Somewhere I saw a video or an audio recording of um, uh, a tape recording of the uh, fossil fuel lobbyist who is bragging about that he has contact with Manchin's office every week and hmm. uh, how important because he's a key figure in, in ensuring <laughs> their success, their continued success in, in Washington because he's the moderate Democrat. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, West Virginia is a big coal coal state as well, and a lot of uh, they've lost a lot of business as the result of the policies that have happened here. If I were a lobbyist, I'd be all over Joe Manchin as well. If I were in that, right? Uh, and uh, it's interesting. Joe Manchin is quite a quite a guy. Uh, there was an abortion bill that came up uh, from the House this past week to the Senate, and uh, it failed. Joe Manchin was the only Democrat to vote against it. So he, he's really uh, taking the place of what was John McCain, the maverick. Joe Ooh. Manchin is the maverick. I wouldn't want to be that guy. Uh, no, I think that'd be a pretty tough place to be Joe Manchin. Oh, you just have heat on you all the time. Oh, all the time. And yeah. uh, Kirsten Cinema uh, as well. Yeah, yeah that's a, a tough sellout. place to be. She's totally sold out to me. But listen, I, I don't trust them? any of these people. I don't either. Yeah. I've heard that too. It's yeah, our, yeah. It, it really is. is. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. Um, let's see here. Oh, here's another one is uh, U.S. bans all Russian flights from its airspace. Um, that just yeah. happened this week as well. Yeah. That's happening all across the world right now. Yeah. And uh, one other thing here is that we're going to be seeing confirmation hearings here for Kenya. Uh, let's see. Uh, Katanya Brown Jackson. I think that's how you pronounce her first name, Katanya. Um, and it looks to me like it's going to be no problem getting her confirmed into the Supreme Court. I don't see any, okay, any real hurdles. That are going to happen. She just got confirmed to the uh, to the lower court, so she just went through the whole Senate approval process only a few months ago okay. to the circuit court. So uh, she's familiar to everybody there. Uh, they didn't really give her any kind of hard time uh, making it to the circuit court, and I'm not anticipating we're going to hear any problems. I mean, the whole thing was that Joe Biden said he was going to appoint a black Supreme Court justice, which you know, it's terrible on the front that you're going to you you single that, that down. 
to yeah. the race. Yeah, exactly. I, I just that's racist in itself. But it yes. seems like this is a person that the that several Republicans will confirm as well. And that's all they really need in order to get her through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a shame. That, that always burns me up when they lead with race. You're right. It is racist. We talk like this every week. And it's I, I'll say again, I think people are awakening from the work. I really. Do. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I really want to, but it's a powerful, powerful elixir, the whole woke thing, because it's, it's sort of, it's cultish. It's, um, it is. it's and I mean, this is uh, psychological warfare as far as I'm concerned and, yeah. it, and it works and it's powerful. It's tried and true. This kind of stuff isn't new. It's been going on for some time now. And the, the people that are doling it out are professionals at doing it. Yeah, very true. Uh, here's another one that another article I just picked up. Um, this is Ines Cantor freedom ousted from NBA vows to continue speaking out against CCP's abuses. I don't know if you saw Whoa, this guy. I did not. not tell me about that. Who was that? First of uh, all. So first off, he's a center. He was the last team. I think he's played for like seven different teams in the uh. NBA, but the last team he was with was, um, was he, was uh, Boston. Let me just read a little bit of this uh, basketball player in S. Cantor Freedom, who was reportedly recently nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize and is currently without a job in the NBA, received a warm welcome from U.S. senators at an award ceremony last week for his continued activism against the Chinese Communist Party and human rights abuses. Wow. Here's the deal. Um, Cantor he just he just became an American citizen last November. Uh, he's he's Turkish. Uh, he is a Muslim, and uh, here he is in the NBA. And he's he puts things on his on his uh, on his shoes uh, like um, free Tibet uh, stuff about the the Uyghurs and and uh, save the Uyghurs and everything. And you know how the NBA is cracked down on anything that goes against, uh, against China. Well, it turns out that, uh, he got traded to Dallas and, uh, Dallas dropped him. He's one of the leading centers. He's one of the leading centers statistically in the NBA. Uh, he's, he's really good. But he crossed the dragon, and you can't do that in the NBA. You would think of all of the NBA teams that Dallas would be the last one to, to play into that. You know, Texas? You, you would, but then, you know, look at it, it almost doesn't matter what state that you're in when it comes to the NBA, because look, it was the, what I think it was the general manager from the Houston Rockets that made the comment about, um, Hong Kong and and to uh, that we should work with the freedom fighters in Hong Kong and they lambasted him he almost lost his job and so it it just doesn't matter here's some of the things that he another thing that he had on his shoes was stop organ harvesting in China so that's a bad thing to put that on your shoes. Cause that's what was happening. That is what's been happening. We yes. know that that's been yes. happening. That's, but, that's uh, just right up there. It's like part of the sex trade industry. This, that, uh, that, that's, flavor. that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And it's disgusting what's happening, especially with the fallen gong. But again, this guy is a Muslim and he's seeing what they're doing with the Muslim Uyghurs up there. Mm-hmm. And he's going to stand against that. And I, I got to say um, he, he, he stands to lose millions and millions of dollars uh, by taking a stand, but to me, that's a that's a real 
that that's that's a person that has real heart you're not gonna really cares james doing that no no you'll never find that and uh i just pray that um he is successful on every level so uh, he did uh, he like i said he became a u.s citizen on november 29th and he changed his name he added freedom to his to his last name his last name is Cantor, and he added freedom to it so he's ns Cantor freedom oh that's uh that's a good share right there buddy yeah let me uh in fact let me just share uh this picture here here's a picture of one of his the shoes that he was wearing how cool well i i hope that you know the sacrifices that this young man has made i hope they pay off that it's an inspiration to some other people and not just that it's you know, most of us aren't very well educated on and, and care a whole lot about what's going on in the world as long as it's not impacting our day. Uh, well, he's bringing a lot of awareness to this self-sacrifice. Yeah, you know, and there's a saying that says that um, something about uh, bad things happen when good people stand by in the face of evil and do nothing Mm -hmm. and uh you know this is a guy that realized that he had a uh he he had an outlet he had a a way to to get the message out and he took advantage of that and these guys throughout history are the type of people that have changed the world for good and so that's why i say i'm just you know my heart's with them i totally agree with them i i um you know, I have definitely felt the pain of, you know, what's been happening here in this world personally and financially myself. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm with this guy. God bless him. Yeah, same here, Merle. I should probably start wrapping up here. Buddy. Yeah, this is good because that was the end of uh, all the stuff that I had. So I oh, uh, love it. And I really hope that you have a fantastic vacation down there you, and just live it up, man. This is great. We and, are. Uh, Hi to Lisa's mom. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for uh, Margie's prayer. Oh, I love that. So I can't wait to tell Anne-Marie about that. That was a good way to open the podcast, wasn't it? Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, you can't, what, what, a, what a day when you get to hear that kind of thing. Yeah. Everything's going our way here, Barry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So God bless America too and uh, 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 the Ukraine and uh, I hope that we can start to ease tensions around all of this stuff. It's there's some scary, scary things going on there. There are, and I just want to say this um, from my Bible. What I can see here is that God has this. Um, there, there. One of the things that I see is there's a lot of prophecy in the Bible about things that are to come, and many of the things that are happening in this world are right there in our Bible. We can see that they were going to happen. So this is, God doesn't have a plan to harm us. The devil does. Uh, but uh, in the end, God wins. And, uh, and, and, and that doesn't, and, I mean, there will be trouble, but he's for us and he's with us and he's there to protect us. So lean on him during the, these dark times. These are indeed dark times times but there is a victorious god that's on your side that loves you and uh i get a lot of hope from that and i hope you do too well uh i I hope so war has happened before it has uh regardless of uh any anyone's um higher power 
this whole notion of the the like a nuclear war would happen that destroys the entire world is just not in the bible is what i'm saying okay that's not how we're going now okay that's not what's going to happen well that 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 gives me some hope another thing is it'd be a great time for those ufos to show up uh, when those nukes get hot you know it's it's always been said that nuclear tests bring out the ufos and they've had silo uh, missiles go totally dead that were being armed totally you know what's armed. really interesting about that scott and i had a great conversation about this i felt like i was talking to you too mm. uh but um i mean i know that there are these these things there are these things that are happening i have a maybe a different take on where it's coming from but i totally agree that that we may be seeing more of that kind of thing and I wouldn't, I'm not, I would not be surprised to hear story, more stories like what you yeah. just said, because yeah. I, I believe that, um, that there's a spiritual, I really believe it's the spirit world that's showing up, it's manifesting itself, and it can be good or it can be evil. Uh, and we can see bad things happen through that, and we can see good things happen through that. So um, I, like I said, I'm kind of, a, it's sort of an ex- I don't, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it is sort of an exciting time. Um, oh, not the words I would use. <laughs> it, 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 it's a, it is exciting because I, I just believe that we win in the end. And uh, I think if you believe that, you can look at it differently. And, and I can find it in my Bible where I can get real comfort that God has this. And his, um, what does it say? He works all things together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. When he says all things, he's not talking about just good things because just good things don't happen. Right. He even uses bad things to cause his purpose to happen. Not that he orchestrated the bad things, but, you know, and I, we've talked about this before, Barry, is that, you know, the, a lot of times the bad things that have happened in our lives were terrible when they happened, but they've led to even greater things that would never have happened had that bad thing not happened. And I'm looking for that silver lining right now. Good. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. All, All right, right. buddy. Um, probably we'll get this out tomorrow. Uh, All right. Sounds yeah. good, man. All right, buddy. Uh, love great you. Show. Yeah. Great, I love you too, man. Have a great week, weekend and all. All right. You too. Bye now.